Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by my bud Dave. Hey. So Dave. So Louie. We're going to be talking about Erie, Indiana on the show today. One of my favorites. It's one of my favorites, too. I I feel it's a little underrated, don't you think? Absolutely. So I've always been a fan of the show. I love that Omri Katz, a.k.a. Max from Hocus Pocus, was in it. And it was a good adjacent show to Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Personally, I feel the show is much better than Goosebumps, and I feel it's like right underneath Are You Afraid of the Dark. That's just my opinion. And I think what was a big appeal for me for the show was that he was in Hocus Pocus. Because as a kid, like his character is super cool to you in Hocus Pocus. So knowing that he was going to be in like a horror, you know, adjacent show on TV was like super, super awesome. No, for sure. I, I feel like most people that I've met, you know, some people are, are a little younger than us, so they might not know what this show is. It did, I believe it aired in, in, in 1991. I have some facts here about it, but yeah. it is early. It's before Hocus Pocus, before Goosebumps, and before Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, believe, it is. Right? It is. a few years. And it's funny because... Are You Afraid of the Dark was, what, 92, if I remember correctly? I think it was 92, but the thing is, I don't know if those film, you know, if those episodes were shot, though... In the um in the early you know like earlier than what they aired I'm sure they probably were but I'm gonna get into that later on in the episode because I do have my own fun fact about this episode that I'm I'm hoping is trivia at some <laughs> point and somebody can confirm but um yeah you know now like so as I was doing research. I do know one of the air times the show was on. I think it's initial air time. But as a kid, like, I don't remember when it was on. So, like, whenever it was on, I would watch it. It was almost mythic. Like, oh, Earring Indiana's on. Like, I got to watch that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how it always was for me as a kid was, like, it was this show that was, like, almost very, like, shrouded in mystery for me because I was like, oh, I got to watch that show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's got a weird kind of uh, run when it came to like syndication and stuff. So if you're not familiar with Erie, Indiana, it's a sci-fi slash horror children's TV show from the early 90s. The basic plot of the show revolves around a teenager named Marshall, played by Omri Katz, like you just said, Dave, from Hocus Pocus, whose family moves from New Jersey to the town of Erie, Indiana. Marshall makes friends with a kid named Simon, who just so happens to be the only normal person compared to the rest of the residents in Erie, Indiana. And the uh, two boys go on adventures, uncovering some of the town's strange occurrences. And usually the stories are pretty self-contained from episode to episode. Uh, But there are recurring characters and references sprinkled throughout the entire series run. Just like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, Some of the examples of these like strange occurrences are like Elvis lives in his town. That's like right in the intro of the show. Uh, it's. I think he's like he says. Elvis is on my paper route, so he sees Elvis every morning. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing, and also. Bigfoot roams roams the town and eats the garbage. So he's almost like pest. He's almost like a raccoon, mm-hmm. I guess, in that sense. Uh, the show also has a, a like a lot of pretty well known actors in supporting roles. One of them is John Aston, who is known as the OG Gomez Adams from the original Adams family. Oh right, I didn't know that guy's um, name. Yeah, and then also Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. He's in an episode, and Daniel Harris. You know, from Halloween, yep. from Halloween four and five, and and the Rob Zombie ones. She's her Halloween fame. I think that's that's what most people know her from. And Roseanne, she was also in Roseanne. Oh, also, also, I think people forget she's in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead too. Yes. Another cool thing about the show is that Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins and The Howling, he's was actually the a creative. Cons- yeah. yeah, the creative. He's like a creative consultant on the show, and you could tell. When you're watching it, that you know he, he 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 put his stamp of approval on it because you know a lot of his shits 
kind of, you know, something like Gremlins is for kids, but also caters to adults. You know, like, what do you consider Gremlins? Like a kid's movie, it's, but it's also yeah, a it's, horror film and exactly. also a holiday movie. It's both. It's like all, it's all, it's the, it's a dynamic film in the, in the respect that it can cater to adults. It can cater to children and it does have horror elements. It's just, I think dynamic's the best word to use for it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I feel Eerie Indiana is because it's obviously, you know, geared towards children. Like, that's who they market it to. But as an adult, when you watch it, you can still enjoy it. And there's, there is some pretty dark and kind of twisted shit on the show. It uh, For me, it always kind of reminded me of a kid's Twin Peaks. Oh, definitely. And I know that's a weird... Like, people use Twin Peaks a lot as a reference, but... Just how strange and eccentric some of the characters are, and like you know, the, the the two boys they come across some really weird people, you know, throughout the series, and it always it always just kind of reminded me of like a like a child's like children's Twin Peaks, like kids a kids version of Twin Peaks. I have a little information from eerieindiana.fandom.com, and uh, I guess it's just you know a website that caters to all things Erie, Indiana. So this is verbatim, so I'm, I'm just making sure I give the credit where the credit is due. The series was intended for adults originally, calling Erie, Indiana a piece of social satire done through the eyes of a 13-year-old. It was always about society at large with a lot of double entendres. I think I said that wrong, but entendres, I don't know how to pronounce that word, but... Double um, entendres, yeah. so I, I always, think, you know, I think you're, that's what you were trying to say. <laughs> that's it, entendres, that is the word. Perfect. So, you know, I, you, you know you're right. It, it, is like a, it is like a Twin Peaks kind of show, because it does have like this surreal quality to it that I don't think children would really understand. I, I think as a kid, you just see like weird people and weird monsters and like these weird subject matters... Another show that I kind of can associate Erie, Indiana with is The Adventures of Pete and Pete. They both have very similar, I feel like, themes with all the characters living in this town. And and it's very ensemble. Like, you have your main characters, but you also have all these other, like, people. And the stories are based around those people. And The Adventures of Pete and Pete's another show that's very, like, Twin Peaks- through the eyes yeah. of a kid. Oh, absolutely. The two shows again, very surreal, and they both have a Halloween episode, which is, <laughs> which is funny because again, as a kid, Halloween's super important. To yeah, me. absolutely. So. There's one more piece of information that I got from this website that I thought was pretty interesting, and I believe it was they had a child psychologist review each episode, explaining. I tried to balance the moral center of the episode and the point of the episode so that you could put up with the scariness along the way. So there was a lot of thought put into this. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to make a kid show. That's scary. Like they were trying to do something that really teetered on catering to adults and children. And that's the crazy thing about it. Like, I think that's why the show developed the occult following first and foremost i think it was too smart for its own good i think certain kids depending on what kind of kid you were you know when you were younger you know i i don't think it would it wouldn't you wouldn't latch on to it so like you know some kids wanted more animated stuff so seeing this whole live action show with weird things on it i guess might have been too much for certain audiences right and like i was telling you how I mentioned before, the show was kind of mythic to me. Like, oh, like, that's that show. Like, I I could sense its surrealness. But that was just, that's just how I was as a kid. Like, I was very, <laughs> having weird dreams at a young age and doing all kinds of, you know what I'm saying? So I could sense it. So for me, it was just like, oh, that's that show. You know what I mean? Like, that was, it was on a different level. Then are you afraid of dark goosebumps? All those shows. So the crazy thing about the show is it only lasted nineteen episodes, one season, and maybe that's what plays into the whole thing. With again, a certain audience was watching it. Now it originally aired on NBC from September nineteen ninety one to April nineteen ninety two. It was then syndicated on the Disney Channel. From 1993 to 1996. 
And then finally, on Fox Kids in 1997, when is when I discovered the show. So I kind of remember Goosebumps, uh, which also aired on, on, on Fox Kids, being advertised around that same time of Erie, Indiana. I, I believe that was kind of like the whole thing was like that was supposed to be the scary block of shows. Right. So you had like Goosebumps and then Erie, Indiana. And I remember it so vividly because, um, you know, it impacted me as a, as a horror fan at a young age. Like these were the spooky shows. And, and at that time, Power Rangers were on too. So live action TV shows and series were a thing. So it's so interesting to think that that time, that's the type of shit that was on Fox Kids. Yeah. Like I watched Fox Kids a lot because of Goosebumps and because of um, Power Rangers and shit like that and Erie, Indiana. Right. And going back to what you were saying when you started watching it, I believe I started watching it on its second syndication. I'm sorry. It's first syndication. So you watched it in 91, 92 on NBC. I'm pretty sure I did. It's weird that it was syndicated on the Disney Channel because that's just like a like you won't you wouldn't associate a show like Erie, Indiana and Disney like like I guess that was when when Disney was trying to be a little edgier like I don't know. Well, I think it makes sense because that's when Hocus Pocus came out. So they were probably trying to push his show. You know what I'm saying? Omri Katz show being that he was in Hocus Pocus. That's when, like, uh, Omri Katz was, like, he was the shit. He was, like, they were, like, you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Push- that's probably why they did that. That makes sense. <laughs> we got we got to push this kid some more just to uh, get people to watch. That's the kid That's the kid from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That ma- that does make sense. But, it, again, it, it, it's, it's crazy, like, the show's run, how it, it ran for, like, almost a decade, like, bouncing between different networks. Pretty crazy. But again, it's a great show. Dave and I both love it. I own it. It's got a lot of like very memorable episodes. Some involving Tupperware that keeps humans alive longer. That's a super weird one. That's like early on too in the season. There's like a Max Headroomish one. Yes. Uh, there's the one with the glasses that make people like super lame and boring. But the episode we're gonna be covering today. It's titled Scariest Home Videos. Back in Jersey, Halloween was my favorite holiday. When else can a non-adult wear a disguise and roam around after dark, forcing people to give you candy for no good reason and then trash the house if they don't? But here in Erie, things are different. There's no telling who or what you might bump into around these parts. Simon and I had to be prepared for anything. So, Scariest Home Videos debuted on October 20th, 1991. So, right before Halloween, <laughs> which is perfect. Love it. Yeah. It's it's like, I think we covered, uh, which one was it? The Real Ghostbusters. Remember that their Halloween mm-hmm. episode aired after Halloween? Which we were like, that makes no sense. This one aired right before Halloween. Perfect timing. So, the episode starts with Marshall and Simon getting ready to go out trick-or-treating. This involves them thoroughly preparing themselves for the worst to happen that night. We'll get to this scene later because it's one of my favorite moments of this episode. So in a voiceover, Marshall explains how Halloween used to be his favorite holiday until he moved to Erie because of all the town's weirdness. The boys test out their video camera by practicing their secret handshake and play fighting. That's kind of the the setup um, the, the video camera specifically, they put a lot of focus on it because that's the theme of the show. Marshall says a very good quote about Halloween. He says, The one night a year where you can wear a disguise and roam around after dark, forcing people to give you candy for no good reason, and then trash their house if they don't. <laughs> that, is, that is a good quote. Perfect. <laughs> So it turns out that Marshall's mom is watching Simon's little brother, Harley, who isn't exactly a saint. Marshall's mother, by the way, very attractive woman. (laughs) She was a a dime piece. I'm not going to (laughs) front. Definitely, in the most respectful way, a babe to the max. On their way out the door, they encounter some trick-or-treaters, hand them some candy, but they're stopped by Marshall's mom, who runs out to help his father 
who's stranded on the side of the road. Basically, the, the kids were like, it's ba- the, the trick-or-treaters kind of fucked things up for them because they would have made it out the door. So I love how yeah. they're kind of setting up that trick-or-treaters have been knocking on the door all night, like all day. Is what I was, that's how I took it. Like It's like, fuck, the timing was just off. And on their way out, trick-or-treaters pop up. And, and I love how animated some of these trick-or-treaters are. And there's a bunch of there's a bunch more trick-or-treaters later on, but like they're all wearing these like huge, colorful, grotesque mat like grotesque masks. Yeah, costumes are great. They are one hundred percent amazing. So the boys hesitate a bit. I think Marshall kind of gives his mom shit. She's like, Oh, why do we have to stay in? And Ma- his mom basically is like no one's here to watch Harley because Cindy, his older sister, is busy studying for some tests or something like that. It's like quickly glossed over. Cindy sucks. <laughs> so bored out of their mind, Marshall comes up with the idea to film a funny video in attempt to submit it to America's Funniest Home Videos for the $10,000 grand prize. <laughs> yep. It goes to show you how popular... America's uh, Funniest Home Videos yeah. was at the time. Good, good point. It instantly dates this episode, and I love it. <laughs> was Bob Saget hosting it at this time? He was. He had to. I don't know. Because I, Full I House was so. on at the same time. Yeah. yeah he, I, I, in 91 or 92, when this originally aired, uh, Funniest Home Videos was, like, huge. And Bob's – and like I said, Full House was on him. That was like, it was, like, that show and, and, and Full House. That was, like, Bob – Bob Saget, Bob Saget's like claim to fame besides his like super raunchy comedy act. Yeah, have you ever seen that? No, I I I, I know about it though. And he's also got that famous line in uh, Half Baked, I think it is. I forgot what it was, but he says something pretty uh, pr- pretty uh, raunchy. It's it's just crazy that Bob Saget and like that show America's the Funniest Home Videos and Full House were like geared towards kids, and like kids loved Bob Saget. But in reality, like his comedy was super, like hey. NC seventeen, like super. I mean, that's raunchy. good for him, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, they want to win the grand prize, and that's kind of the setup, and that's why there's so much focus again put on this video camera. So Marshall comes up with this ridiculous idea to have Harley taste his pet lizard Godzilla. And Mothra, because he has two he has two lizards that are named Godzilla and Mothra. And he wants Harley to, I, I don't know if it's eat or taste. It, it's never described. I never quite understood the scenario and what exactly he wanted to do. Because Simon, who's behind the camera filming all of this, freaks out because it's his younger brother who's being told to do this. And in the process... Harley tosses Godzilla the lizard across the room and Marshall kind of goes crazy because these are his pets and he starts looking for Godzilla and Harley places the other lizard Mothra into Marshall's pants, which causes Marshall to run around the house like a madman and he finally gets his hands on the uh, on the lizard and puts it away. The whole setup is very odd and strange. Silly. Like Marshall's entire, just kind of his idea, and it's never brought up again. The rest of the episode, no, it's like not. this whole America's Funniest Home Videos like plot point, is never brought up again. And I just find that hilarious because of how absurd and ridiculous this plan was that he had with the lizards it's and the lizards are never like mentioned again either it's so so weird it's just it's just to introduce the camera as the focal point of the episode it's a kid show so i feel like they just wanted to do all kinds of ridiculous shit yeah we're 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 putting too much thought into this (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm putting too much thought into it because i just wanted to know marshall's like his setup i wanted to know what 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 was his plan because he says he he says he wasn't going to make him eat the lizard yeah i don't know i think he was just gonna scare him i think he was like gonna going to put the lizard in his mouth but like take it you know what i mean like take it away but i mean if you really think about it harley's the one that got in the best and probably had the best video because he put it down his pants and he was running around like a madman so really they succeeded in getting a video 
Yes, but it's just never brought up again. Nope. <laughs> for whatever reason. But the camera, I think, is is the most important part of it because it's always filming what they're doing. So after the failed, I guess, prank, they decide to watch TV and this horror film titled Bloody Revenge of the Mummy's Curse starring Boris Von Orloff is playing on TV. So they're like, you know what? It's Halloween. We're going to watch this old 50s horror film. And, you know, most, uh, you know, films and TV series kind of use this in, you know, the kids gathering around the TV and watching this old horror film. It's always, especially in, like, I think the 80s and 90s, it was always a black and white Universal Monsters type horror film where now it's an 80s slasher. Isn't that crazy? Like, when you watch a film now, contemporary, it's like kids watching a, like, Friday the 13th ripoff. So the boys decide to tie up Harley with a bowling ball so he doesn't act up. At this point, Harley's been a huge pain in the ass, and they don't want to deal with him too much. They also place the video camera in front of where they're leaving him on top of the TV to record his every move. I'm assuming that's why they did that. I don't remember if... (laughs) There's a reference as to why. I think they were trying to get his reaction to watching whatever was on television. I think that was the whole point of setting that up. You know, it's funny that he's such a terror because in the show, he doesn't even say a word. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's like he's so slow, like not it's slow in the way where he just like kind of walks around slow and pouts slow and doesn't say a fucking word. But yet he is this... <laughs> implied terror (laughs) he's this huge pain in the ass (laughs) thanks again for watching my brother mrs teller oh you're welcome simon little harley here is no trouble at all i don't know about that he manages to always get me in trouble somehow now listen harley you do what mrs teller tells you to understand Marshall and Simon decide to go get some snacks in the kitchen, and Harley gets closer to the TV. He investigates the video camera, and for some reason, decides to bite into the remote control. Yep. Oh, and by the way, I just had this jotted down in my notes. Is it really that bad to be stuck in the house with your best bud with snacks on Halloween? (laughs) I just had to throw that out there. Honestly, the evening, the way they have it set up, is like the perfect Halloween, honestly. Minus not being able to go trick-or-treating. Like, <laughs> like the whole setup of watching the movie and being with your best friend. And even like, and even the fact that like the parents left. That's what I like, mean. There's no parents in the house. <laughs> not the parents left, but the mom left. Yeah, it's like the perfect scenario for them. Yeah. So after biting into the control, this causes Harley to switch places with the mummy we've been seeing on the TV. I love the aesthetic of this show and the episode. And it reminds me of a kid version of three movies put together. The Gate, The Video Dead, and Demons. Like, <laughs> if you were to take those three movies and put them into one half-hour TV show, but make it for kids, this would be it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see the uh, the comparison because... yeah. Because that's exactly, like, I I didn't even think about it. Like, with demons, they go, like, basically the movie becomes reality, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, pretty much. It kind of just bleeds into reality. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole gate thing, 100%, which is another movie. The gate is another movie that, like this and like Gremlins, it's technically a horror film. But I, you can see kids loving that movie, too. It's weird. Oh, definitely. I loved it when I was a kid. It freaked me out, but it, I, I loved it. No, it's awesome. It's an awesome movie. And again, great, great comparison there. So Marshall and Simon discover Harley on the TV. And they're horrified by this because a couple of minutes, like a minute later, the mummy, he, it's like they have like this foyer or something. He just breaks in through the doors. It's a great reveal. Like the shot itself is awesome with like the doors swinging open. And I think you hear thunder. I don't know if it's thunder from the TV or thunder from outside. I believe it's from the TV because the TV, like the horror, mil- the horror movies yeah. music is playing at the same time. 
and he just swings the doors open and he's like full on mummy mode reaching for them they freak out scream he chases the boys outside into the front yard and stays locked inside of the house and there's even this really funny scene where a group of trick-or-treaters i think like marshall and simon like i think marshall's like telling him to chill out or like they're freaking each other trying to calm each other down and then a group of trick-or-treaters call them weirdos it's like this just group of random trick-or-treaters walking by it's it's funny in the um in the neighborhood and in the house it's completely filled with fog i just love how the entire neighborhood and house have fog in it as soon as the mummy is there it the house is filled with fog and um I think it goes it, it goes without saying, you know what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> that living room was vaporwave as fuck. Dude, when it comes to the fog, there's like an overabundance of fog in this episode. I think I love it. Sing- I, I do too. I think every single scene has that like like that ground level layer of fog just going it's great. through. It. E- even the mom and dad, like like their scene which we haven't yep. really gotten to yet, there's just just this layer of fog throughout everything. And you could tell that little outside portion was shot in a studio. Yep. Like you can tell clear as day that that's not really outside, you know? So another group of trick-or-treaters approach the house knocking on the door as the two boys watch on. Sydney answers the door giving the trick-or-treaters candy. Also, the mummy, who she thinks is a trick-or-treater, pops up behind her. That that's a really funny thing because he's in the house and she does not find it weird yeah, at all that this random mummy yeah. is just in her house. She just confuses him with a trick or treater. I'm just like, it's it's so absurd. So so Sydney shoes away the kids plus the mummy. She kind of like kicks him out, and uh, Marshall and and Simon enter the house again. And they're trying to convince Sydney that I think everything's okay. Like, she's a little annoyed about the whole situation. And at one point, I think she tells the boys, like, confess, like, what's going on. And or, or she asks where Harley is. She's like, where's Harley? And they they confess that he's in the television. And Sydney just, like, brushes them off. Like, they were actually being honest with her. And <laughs> she still yeah. is just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we cut back and forth to Marshall's mom and dad who are trying to get the car started. I believe uh, Marshall's mom is supposed to help the uh, the dad start up the car. Like he needed like a bo- uh, what yeah. is it, a boot or whatever, like a boost. A jump start. Yeah, a jump start. There you go. Um, in it, with his battery. And I think he keeps failing. Like they keep trying to start the car and, and he's failing every single time. And throughout the episode... You're constantly going back and forth between like Marshall and Simon dealing with the mummy and Harley and the parents. And it's really weird because like the mom is almost turned on. Oh yeah, she loves it. By being in the car. Wow wow. Mm. <laughs> oh, Edgar. Doesn't this remind you of that time we drove all the way to Princeton just to see Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Oh, well. <laughs> 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 we never did see that movie. No, never did. <laughs> she's like, oh, kiss me, and she's getting all like close to the dad and like it's weird because it's almost she like doesn't care to, like she's trying to get it on with him or something but like they're in the middle of nowhere with like trick-or-treaters like wandering around the streets and these same trick-or-treaters decide to play a prank on them shaving and cream they throw eggs um on the yep. car and then they shaving cream it's they basically just demolish this car and i think at one point the dad retaliates he gets like annoyed and grabs like a like a what's yeah, it called yeah. a ice scraper from from the back seat and he goes out like screaming at the kids to like you know i'm not gonna take you guys egging like egging my yep. car or whatever and then they egg him so it's pretty funny how it just backfires on him completely but yeah just the whole thing with the mom being like turned on by them being in she's this trying car. to be intimate with her man i don't blame her and it is funny because like again kids show but like 
there's some there's some innuendos there like that she's trying to get some or she's trying to do she's trying to get frisky with yeah, listen <laughs> listen it's halloween night she's got her mans with her she wants to be intimate i understand listen and she also says not a good night to be stuck on the side of the road but it's hey at the same time she doesn't give a shit so hey good good on her yeah, I do like that she's like, oh, like, you know, it's like kind of insinuating that it's Halloween, it's spooky, yep. there's creepy shit out. It, it, it is a really good line. I forgot that she said that. So back at the house, Marshall and Simon, they find the remote that Harley bit into. And I love how there's like this giant bite mark. And then Simon shows a, a matching bite mark in his arm to confirm. from the last time he babysat. It's... I just I just love how this kid's teeth are so yep. strong. He was able to bite into the remote control and yeah. leave like a permanent like mark in it. So the mummy returns. He he rings the doorbell. He even says trick or treat. And the boys, you know, come up with this scheme to let him in, trip him, and then hit him over the head with a shovel. And that's how they kind of, you know, they're they're able to uh, tie up this 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 mummy, just so they can investigate what's going on. So, at this point, they they have the mummy. He's unconscious, unconscious, and they begin removing his bandages. And it turns out that he's not a real mummy, but the actor Boris von Orloff portraying the mummy in the movie. And, like, they explain that he's been dead for 50 years. And Boris talks about his memories living in the movies forever. And, like, how he hates being an eerie. There's a lot of back and forth between the boys and uh, and Boris. Kind of just, like, how he kind of constantly pokes fun at, like, the TV and how it'll never catch on. The concept of a television. And it's just really, it's just a really, it's funny. I love how the concept switches for, it's still supernatural, but in reality, if a monster from a movie were to come into the real world, it would exactly it would be the person portraying the monster, not that specific monster. It's almost very last action hero esque, but in that movie, the characters in the movie when they're brought into the real world are like that specific character as a real person right, not still the actor. in role yeah so it is a cool concept like i can't think of too many other things that have done something like that besides yeah, again I last agree. action hero it's just it's 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 cool like i i think there is a, a movie but it escapes my mind now that did something like this where they brought the the creature or the person into the real world and it's the actor not what they're portraying so still just a cool a cool concept of the switching for sure kind of the perspective of what the person is it's it's Boris von Orlov you're an actor 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 sir Boris von Orlov international star of stage and screen you're also dead dead really for how long about 50 years you know i thought i remembered dying had some bad shellfish one night next morning i was reincarnated in one of my most memorable roles bloody revenge the mummy's curse classic yes classic marshall explains that he's not sure how to get boris back into the television and he, he, he's trying to figure it out. And I think he, yeah, he grabs the, the video camera and he checks it to see if he can find some answers because it's been rolling this entire time. <laughs> At this point, it almost feels like a lot of time has passed. And it's like, how long could yeah. that, have, that VHS tape have been? You know, it's like a 60 minute VHS tape. And I remember yeah. like VHS cameras only having like 60 minutes in there, like on their tapes. So I just found it funny how it's just been rolling this entire time. So Marshall discovers that Harley bit into the remote and that and something about the fact that the the TV was on and the video camera was pointed at him that it caused some some sort of crazy electrical something that switched the switched their roles from the TV um it switched their roles from the TV to real life. So it's all convoluted and silly, but 
it works and it's quickly explained how they could how they could reverse this whole thing. They sit Boris down in a chair and they want him to bite into the control. But Boris has a change of heart. He's like almost scared of doing it. But then he admits that he's been wanting to go on vacation for a while and that he hasn't used the little boy's room in 50 years. He's like kind of coming up with excuses to not be sent back because he it, like he's been in the same situation forever. I, I also love how Simon shuts him up by shoving the remote in his mouth. <laughs> right, they I, just kind of like force him. Yeah. And I think this causes like the channel to change as well. Like just forcing it in his mouth. Because the doorbell rings and some trick-or-treaters show up. And this is another hilarious... This is like a hilarious moment that I got a kick out of. So Marshall runs over aggressively to the door, grabs the like bowl yeah. of candy, yeah. and then just chucks it at the kids. <laughs> just to kind of get it over with. Like stop ringing my fucking doorbell. He just chucks the candy at the kids. And I don't know if you noticed, but there's a kid. The costumes are so weird. There's a kid wearing one of those like really shitty Michael Myers masks. Did you notice so, that? So I have a note specifically for this for this uh, scene. And the first off, there's a Zebo the Clown mask in there, which I'm not sure if Are You Afraid of the Dark borrowed from this or vice versa because they're very close in the time that they were shot. But um, I noticed the Zebo mask. I noticed the uh, the frizzy-haired Michael Myers. And now I have a little bit of could-be trivia for this. So there is a character dressed basically as all three characters from Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. And it's essentially... It's not exactly the witch mask, but it's very similar and there's a skeleton, and the person's wearing a skeleton jump uh, jumpsuit and has a jack-o'-lantern pail. If you ask me, that's a little too coincidental to not be a nod to the movie, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and think it is. It a hundred percent is. Anytime you have a pumpkin or a jack-o'-lantern, I should say, a witch, yeah, exactly. and a skull. Come on, <laughs> what else? What else would you be referencing? There's, it's too obvious, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's it's too in your face to to not admit that that's what it is. But yeah, I, I got a kick that there was just this random kid wearing that Michael Myers, and like you see him pick up the candy, it's and hysterical. the hair just kind of like move all over the place. And I had that mask as a kid, so it just brought back memories, like that really yeah. garbage, shitty Michael Myers mask. That shit's hilarious. He's also wearing like a clown um, costume, I think. Yeah, he's wearing like a weird clown costume. It's like shiny. It's got like it's got like shoulder pads. Obviously, a Halloween reference, like the movie Halloween yeah. reference as well. A kid wearing a clown costume and an adult Michael Myers mask. It, ha- it obviously again another nod to Halloween, the original nineteen seventy eight Halloween. Absolutely. In the process of dealing with the trick-or-treaters, Marshall notices his parents pulling up into the driveway, and he rushes back inside the house with Simon, and they kind of quickly try to find the channels before the, his parents enter, and they grab the remote, shove it into his mouth, and have, him, have Boris bite it right in time as the parents are coming in. I love how quickly they just kind of like figure it out. They're just like, all right, let's just let's just do this really fast. Yeah. And they were able to solve the problem very quick. <laughs> There's a when they're when they're scrolling, like when the channels are clicking through, they go they pass this one movie. I, I, I'm air quotating this uh, this movie that has a, a it's in black and white and it's someone in a skeleton jumpsuit. They pass it twice. And I'm wondering if that was an actual if that was actual footage of like a movie or if that was footage they shot for the show. But I I don't know. I I highly enjoyed that. I mean, I know it's a very minute thing to to kind of catch or pay attention to, but um I actually really like that. Yeah, I believe that's a movie because it looked familiar. I'm not sure what movie, but it it did look it did look familiar. So Marshall's parents finally come into the apartment. They kind of ask how everything was. And they ask, I, I believe the mom is like, how did he behave or how was he? 
and they say everything was great, which is obviously bullshit. I do like that that like that trope of like the kids lying about like the craziness they had to go through to get back to to get everything back to normal right when the parents are are coming home. That's like a that's like a funny trope, dude. Like like absolutely fixing shit as soon as the parents are about to step into the house. It's it's fucking great. Um, but there's this all there's also this really funny moment where. The dad asks if everything, if there's anything good on the boob tube, and the Marshall and Simon look over the TV and they notice Boris the mummy in a beach like movie, like giving the thumbs up to the two boys, like holding these like two half naked girls in bikinis. So I guess he got the vacation he wanted. <laughs> Looks like it. And then the episode ends with uh, Boris again decked out, fully decked out as a mummy like superimposed over a like wave surfing yeah he's like surfing <laughs> and it's super silly super ridiculous and i even think uh, uh marshall has like a, another voiceover portion where he's putting the like video camera away and he, he yep. he's talking about how halloween will never be the same and how like they didn't even get to leave halloween like they didn't even get to go outside the apart like that the house that night like they weren't even able to go yep. out and how you know that's just how things are in Erie, and that's where the uh, the episode ends. Right. So I have two notes real quick about this. I love the music that's playing while they're cutting the videotape up. It's like this kind of just really subtle ambient music, but I, I highly enjoyed it. And I think the most important note of it all for me when the parents came home was that I wish I could have been in Marshall's house that Halloween night, hanging out with his family. Cause it looked amazing. It did look like it looked like that would be the most amazing Halloween. Like I wouldn't be as upset as they were about the exactly. whole situation. And I just love how easily they resolve it. Like they're able to quickly discover why, like Harley was was, was switched out with Boris like so quickly. It's just it's so silly. It's so it's a great episode. It's definitely a great Halloween watch. Absolutely. And now, look, let me ask you one question. Does the word mega eerie voodoo weirdness mean anything to you? Mega eerie voodoo weirdness. <laughs> he says it. Marshall says it in the episode. I think at the beginning. I just wanted to just just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that you didn't know what I was talking about. Dude, that sounds like a white zombie song. Like just <laughs> probably. Uh, that does sound like a white zombie song. That's good. There you go. If uh, if if Rob Zombie ever hears this show, he could steal that as like the uh, like his his next single or some shit. <laughs> Go ahead, bud. You can you got you got all the rights to do it, Rob Zombie. Go for it. That's it. That's gotta be it. Harley was standing in front of the video camera watching the Mummy movie, and when he bit down on the remote control, he caught some kind of video feedback time warp zapping thing. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? So, in typical Haunted Hangover fashion, we like to discuss two things we liked about the episode. One thing we didn't like so much or would possibly change. So, my first thing that I liked a lot about this episode was the trick-or-treating scenes. They were very on par with how exactly it was in my neighborhood trick-or-treating, especially in middle school and high school. So, these were really like, oh wow, like this is what it looked like when we would go trick-or-treating i do like how it was just always groups of kids like like sometimes when you watch a movie or or a tv show sometimes it's like one kids occasionally obviously when they're faking it to make it you know seem realistic they usually bunch up kids but there's times that you watch a movie and it's like one kid will come two kids will come but in this episode it was like every group was like five kids. It was always mm-hmm. like several several kids trick-or-treating together. And I do like how all the trick-or-treaters were kind of assholes. Did you get you pick up on that? Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. They, they, they reminded me of like shitty kids, which was really, really funny. Like every single time you saw these kids on the screen, they were either egging people, talking shit. They were just like the shitty. I guess that was kind of the theme. With like Harley, like, I guess like just shitty kids was kind of like uh, what they wanted to do with the show. There's that one scene where Marshall and Simon are chased out of the house by the mummy 
and they're hanging out outside and then that that small group of trick-or-treaters walks past them and like makes fun of them calls them weirdos or whatever those same kids go up to marshall's front door and they ring the doorbell they say trick-or-treat and then they go smell my feet which like you associate with like the bad like, like trick-or-treater like the trick-or-treaters yep. you know usually in like movies or even when you're a kid it's like those are the bad kids that say trick-or-treat smell my feet mm-hmm. one weird thing i picked up on and i thought about it it just came to me now why weren't they taking harley trick-or-treating it's never explained oh yeah yeah well i guess because he's he's such a shitty fucking kid that they couldn't take him trick-or-treating but, uh, you know, again, nothing is really explained because the kid doesn't utter a word in the episode. And he's so slow and, like, like, like he doesn't do anything. He's like a little serial killer, basically. That's yeah, what... <laughs> it's weird. It's like, and like, he's just implied that he's just, he, it's just implied that he's a terrible kid. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I was literally, it just came to me. I was like, why? Like, why didn't anyone take him trick-or-treating? Like, it's Halloween. And, like, all these kids are obviously, like, out getting candy. So, it, it's not that late in the evening. Like, I just found it odd. Now, I literally, as we're recording, just came to me. Why weren't they taking him? Very strange. But, yeah, all the kids, all the young kids in this in this episode are just fucking horrible. They're all shitty. <laughs> Every single one. And just to clarify, when I say slow, I mean, like, he's just slow moving. In the episode, like he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's like again, he's like a serial killer. He's like methodical. Yeah. So Harley, as a character, is one of my favorite things. And I want to, I want to, uh, to to break down his real name. Harley Schwarzenegger Holmes is his full, is his full and name. Now, <laughs> tell us why that's his full name, because this is really the only bit of trivia about this episode. I, I don't even know why. Is there a reason why? Did you pick up on Oh, it? yeah. Oh, I thought you knew. I didn't oh, know. All right, all right. I well, didn't here, know. Well, here. here. Here's the trivia for this episode. So, Harley Schwarzenegger Holmes, the actors, their twin brothers who played Harley, starred in Kindergarten Cop. Oh. So, that's why, that's why <laughs> his middle name is, is Schwarzenegger. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Which I thought was funny. That is, yeah, it is funny. funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. But yeah, him as a character is great. Like, I love that when he enters the movie, he, like, is just wreaking havoc. Like, he's just destroying everything. The woman in the movie is treating him as the monster. Yep. At, at one point, I think he like tips over one of the backdrops, and like you see the crew filming the movie. Like, and he's they're just, like, "Oh, come on!" He's just like this fucking horrible kid biting Simon and leaving marks, and, and it's just him in general. Like, there's they should have made an episode specifically about him being like this fucking like something is wrong with him because obviously when you watch the episode, going back to what you said, how he's all like weird and doesn't speak. It's almost like it's almost like he's a little Michael Myers, you know? Yeah. And he's only got one line and I forget what it is, but it's at the very end of the episode where he I think he says he had a great night or something like that or something about the TV. I don't even remember. Yeah, but he has one line at the very end of the episode and it's just an interesting like character trait, like what they did with him, like just keeping him so silent, keeping him so slow, making him like this horrible, horrible like kid. (laughs) Who's like a problem yep. child? I just got yep. a kick. I just got a kick out of it. I just thought it yeah, was yeah, it's fucking, amusing. I just thought it was fucking funny, like just how how horrible he was. And even Simon's like at, all the time. Simon's like oh, like yelling at him through the TV. Like don't you dare do like what you're gonna do. Like he's obviously a bad kid. Like it's just great. Well, I mean, they had the ball and chain him with a bowling ball. So there you go. <laughs> Dave, what's your uh, your second favorite thing? My second favorite thing about this episode was how I love how the crew, the director, they created such a great atmospheric Halloween with such a yes. minimal set. Yes. Um, you know, it's really just the front of the house, the inside of the house, plus the interior of the car and the sets on the TV channels. It's super minimal. And it's very effective. 
Um, all Halloween nights should look like the front steps of the teller's house. That's what I, that, that's <laughs> honestly, that's my opinion. So yeah, I just really love the atmosphere. They, they, they nailed on this because it's, it, it, it's really great, especially the fog, everything. It's just super minimal, super effective. I do love how there's uh, I think they have like three skulls set up above their fireplace. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw them, like the little paper ones. Yeah, and then they had the uh, the linked uh, that the ones that are linked the body, the uh, skeleton body on the front door because you constantly see it. It's like a decomposing skeleton, and the decoration itself also looks very familiar, like to me, like growing up. Yeah, like, I feel like I saw it yeah. as a kid. But there's there there's a lot of Halloween decorations, um, but I honestly I I feel like they could have done a little bit more. In the house. I suppose. Listen, <laughs> flat out, I would love to be in that house on Halloween. I, you know, I just, that was all I could be, that's all I could think about when I was watching the episode was I would want to be in that house on Halloween. I would want to give out candy in that house on Halloween. I would want to eat candy and watch movies in that house on <laughs> Halloween. So that's, you know, for me, that's what I kept, I kept telling myself throughout the episode. The stuff with like the fog being in every scene, obviously added to the Halloween atmosphere. The decorations. I again going back to the parents because I feel like I brushed over them in the breakdown because it's really just kind of like one little scene that you're constantly coming back to. But even their setup of being in the middle of nowhere, very Halloween, very spooky. Even though yeah. kids are egging them and stuff, but just that scenario. My second favorite thing is when Marshall and Simon are getting ready to trick or treat. Hmm. So like Marshall's so got his backpack on. And he's, like, filling it with, like, a map of Erie, a flashlight. He's just stuffing all, like, these different things that you would need if you're going out on, like, a long night to do something. But my favorite part is when they get to this specific, uh, like, like they're counting down the list. I think Simon has, like, a list in front of him. And he says, moist towelettes. And then Marshall says, in case we get egged. (laughs) And then he says, bug spray. In case we get bugged. Bugged. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what What does that mean? And then he says, clean underwear in case we get scared. So good. And then I think, yeah, it's it's great. And then they have, I think they have a garlic, a wooden steak, just in case, like, I guess they encounter any vampires. Dude, they had to be ready. I just love that entire setup. I also love... How they're wearing George Bush Sr. And what's that one guy's name with the mole in his head? Gor- Gor- oh, Gorbachev? Gor- Gorbachev. Gorbachev, yeah. Mikhail Gorbachev. I, so early 90s, dude, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I yep. love how that's their costumes. Like, that's what they're going to yep. wear. And I think even at one point, Simon's like, we look terrifying or something like that because they're politicians. It's great. Like, it's it's the funniest shit. It's but, awesome. Yeah, but I just love how, like, that, since they live in Erie and they know how weird it is, they know they have to be prepared before they're just going out to do something as simple as trick-or-treating. Like, you have to be. And listen, I, I would like to share something with, with you and everyone listening. When I was a kid, I used to have a fanny pack attached to the front of my BMX bike. And I used to keep all kinds of trinkets in the, in the fanny pack as a just-in-case. Just like this. Just like, their, just like their checklist for Halloween. I'd had candy in it shoelaces a scissor pogs action figures just in case <laughs> i love how pogs might have come in handy for something oh, of course you didn't, you didn't even know what you're like let me make sure i have a couple of these extra I slammers in there just make sure <laughs> just to make sure in case someone wants to fucking hit you with like a round of pogs yeah <laughs> but yeah again that whole setup is just great like i, I just think both of them are acting it so well they're both great actors both of these kids simon and marshall like, very just, believable obviously um omri he's a great actor he's been in a bunch of stuff um the other kid i forget his name the kid that plays simon i don't know him from anything else oh, i'm not i'm not i'm not entirely sure i'd have to look him up but they're very believable as like as like best buds so it's, yeah and that scene and, and this scene i'm talking about it shows that like how good how much how good their chemistry is together oh, on definitely. the show and when you watch the rest of the show like it's it's so natural you believe that these are two kids 
going on these like crazy wacky adventures it just it yep. always works so well like in this show and even like earlier i mentioned that uh i mentioned that episode about the glasses that makes you lame or dull or whatever or boring i remember when simon simon in the episode spoiler he gets the glasses and Marshall's like stressed out about it. I remember like he's so bummed that like he was taken over. So again, their 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 friendship is so believable. And like this one little scene with them like joking around and and and, and getting ready for the, for Halloween and getting ready for trick or treating is just just a great little setup. Notebook. Check. Markers. Check. Swiss Army knife. Check. Map of Erie. Check. Signal mirror. Check. Flashlight. Check. Moist talent. In case we get egg. Bug spray. In case we get bugged. Clean underwear. In case we get scared. All right, Dave. So uh, now is when we do the, uh, the 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 hard part, and that's picking something about this episode we didn't like or would change. What did you go with? So I have two very, very minor things that I wouldn't even say they're things I disliked. It's just more so things I would want to see more of. And uh, they're basically, I would like to see more of the kids egging and shaving creaming the uh, tellers while they're in their car. (laughs) And the other thing was I wanted to see a little more of the neighborhood. I know they were doing doing the most with what they had. But I would just like to see the neighborhood just a little bit more. But that's really all I can go on. That's really it. Because I really do enjoy this episode. Yeah, it's weird because in, in other episodes, you do see more of the town. Yeah. I would have loved to see, like, the locals and stuff like that. Like, maybe see Bigfoot walking around. Maybe see Elvis. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just would like to see just a little bit more. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, production choice that they didn't really yeah. leave the front yard. And, and a lot of the times... Yeah. When you see the kids, like the egging, and when they egg the parents, you don't even see the kids. You just exactly. hear them. You, no, you see one person. I, 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 you see one person. I believe it's like a girl in a witch costume. And um, that's it. So that, that's really it. That's, all, that's really all I can say about if I would change anything. Um, what about you, Lou? I, I didn't have much because I do think it's a great episode from beginning to end. My only kind of nitpick was uh, Cindy. Sydney or is it Cindy or Sydney? I always forget. Tough, tough crowd yeah. over here. <laughs> she she's kind of lame. Like I know, like to the rest of the show, she's important, but in this episode, she's just kind of there, like as like the like annoying big sister. Like she right. doesn't really bring much to the episode, or I feel like they could have maybe had her doing something else. Like, for instance, maybe have her going to, like, a Halloween party, hence why they had to stay with Harley. Yeah. Something like that. Instead of it just being like, hey, guys, I'm upstairs studying. Again, again, a nitpick, but just something I feel that could have been reworked to fit the holiday, to make it feel more Halloween-y, you know? So that's really it. There's not much about this episode that I dislike. And I feel that way about the entire show. Honestly, it's a so, great show. Yeah, it's hard to really, you know, tear the shit apart and find something you absolutely feel is fucking that absolutely can be changed or or something you'd cut out completely. But yeah, she's the only thing I would I would adjust or maybe tweak her character a bit in this episode or eliminate her completely. I feel like it could have just been the the two yeah. boys and Harley and they had to babysit him. Because the mom had to run out. Like, she didn't need to be there. The sister didn't need to be there. And that, that's basically it. Overall, though, this is definitely a, a great Halloween special. It, it, it would definitely go great with, like, a double feature of, like, the Haunted Mask. Like, Goosebumps the Haunted Mask. Like, I feel like the two work very well. There's another episode I think this would work perfectly with. But I don't want to talk too much about it because it's one we haven't covered yet. <laughs> and I think I, you know what it is. I agree. I highly enjoyed this episode. And, and like you, I enjoy the entire series. It's just something that I feel should be on your Halloween playlist, if you will, as far as watching stuff. Or at least in your Halloween queue of things. So I would absolutely add that. And Erie, Indiana, you know, not everyone knows about it. There might be some of our listeners and listeners that have never like even heard of this show. And if you haven't, 
Go on Amazon right now if you have Prime, it's streaming, and watch all 19 episodes because they are fucking amazing. Agreed. Simon and I never did go off that Halloween night. We had enough adventure for 10 men right there in my own living room. We did learn three things, though. Never trust a six-year-old, never bite a remote control, and never, never leave videotape evidence lying around where your parents might find it. As for Sir Boris von Orloff, he finally got that vacation he was looking for. So that was Erie, Indiana, America's Scariest Home Videos. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover, and head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash hauntedhangover31. And if you can rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze. Later, guys. Later, guys.